What's going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got Kevin Stevie P coming at you. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, world? Nothing much, nothing much. So today we are going to get into some, some news. We're going to discuss the just the third round, fourth round running backs, that mid-group, and, and kind of you know order them out, you know, discuss our feelings on on you know the the group. Um, there's about, I would say, about six or seven of them. Uh, and then we're going to, you know, answer your fan questions. So, you know, should be a pretty fun podcast as usual. Uh, but first, remember to check us out on the website, www.cheatcodesports.com. That's www.cheatcodesports.com. Uh, we have articles up there weekly. We have our rankings up there currently. Uh, we have the Cheat Codes, which is a great team breakdown of – you know, every every team's offense from last year, run pass ratios, uh, player usage percentages, it's all graphed out, looks looks really nice. Uh, it's a great tool to use to get ready for your drafts. And then we have player projections that Steve worked his ass off on and they worked that they they came out really well. So uh, you know, look check all those things out, give us some feedback and let us know what you guys think. Yes, sir. All right, so let's get into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, so I'm going to read the news today. Uh, me and Kev normally take terms anyway, so let me read this news. We have from Bob Condit. Chris Carson will be absent, but is expected back this week from practice. So he has been missing practice due to, you know, off the field things, personal issue. So he should be back this week. Uh, Buck star wide receiver Chris Godwin is also not practicing today. A lot of guys have the day off, but he was off yesterday too. Uh, uh, Arians called it a maintenance day for the guys off yesterday. He's out here watching and now had three days off from the last six days. So to me, you know, we haven't really heard anything crazy about Chris Godwin or any really anybody on that team. I haven't heard any crazy news. Uh, so, you know, now, now this time of year, you know, it's getting closer to the season. We're like two weeks out, you know, guys don't want their guys getting hurt. You know I mean, maybe he came up and said, Hey, I'm feeling tight. And coaches were like, okay, we're just going to give you a couple days off. So you know, it could be anything, but you know, nothing, nothing serious. Nothing to worry about unless you actually hear that these guys are in jeopardy for week one. Exactly. All right. So Brian Costello says that Denzel Mims and Pierre Desir doing something running on the sideline, a positive development. So, you know, I told you guys I really like Denzel Mims. So, you know, him back to doing some kind of running and moving around is, is good, especially because, like I said, we're two weeks away from the season. So, you know, it's it's crunch time. Guys need to start getting back on the field. Today, Tim McManus, the Eagles have the increased Alshon Jeffrey on land running. So, you know, he was running in a pool. We all heard that. You know what I mean? I saw, you know, clips of him running in a – they sit in that pool and they run – whatever uh so you know they're saying he's on land running so hoping to get him out there soon with the team said doug peterson so you know might not be a six-week injury for alshon jeffrey maybe he misses a couple of games but we'll see 
I honestly can't see it anything less than six games. Just because it's a Liz Frank injury and it happened so close to the end of last year, I just I can't see it being any less than anything less than six games. But yep, we'll have to keep our eyes and ears open. So David Burkett, uh, the Lions back, the Lions back at practice today. No Joe Doyle and DeAndre Swift and Bo Scar will be limited. So those guys were. You know, they didn't have Joe Dale, but they did have DeAndre Swift and Bo Scarball on unlimited capacity. So, you know, that's a good sign for anybody who's drafting DeAndre Swift, hoping that he's going to take that number one job. It's hard to take the number one job when you're missing practice as a rookie. So, you know, I would still lean towards carry on. But, hey, if this rookie comes in and shows that he can do everything, you know, that's that's definitely something to pay attention to. Julian Edelman is back at practice today. Uh, we heard him getting hobbled up. That's from Jim uh, McBride. You know, we heard him getting hobbled up, but he's back at practice today. Uh, Phil Perry, Sony Michelle is out of practice today. Indicates he's been removed from the pup list. So, it's definitely uh, sounding like Sony is going to be, you know, good for week one. Which, you know, I kind of... I kind of thought that, but now we're getting word that he's definitely going to be. So Deshaun Jackson is not on the field at the start of practice. Greg Ward is the most experienced wide receiver in this drills right now. Uh, that's from Zach Berman. Uh, I, you know, the Eagles, you know, I was listening to them earlier today on my ride home from work, and they were saying that it is, you know, Deshaun Jackson's maintenance day and a couple of the other guys' maintenance day. They're not, you know, it's a vet day, so nothing to worry about there. All right, so uh, Connor Hughes says that Gaze, Adam Gaze from the Jets, uh, pulled Le'Veon Bell out of practice because he was feeling tight. Didn't start, didn't want to risk his star running back. So uh, it sounded like an oblique issue, but, you know, he's feeling tight. Get him out of he there. T- he tweeted out, ain't nothing wrong with my hamstrings. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, it is, it is what it is. He's, you know, giving him rest. All right, so Ryan Hannibal uh, says that Nikhil Harry just got his upper right leg wrapped by a trainer. Doesn't seem like he'll miss any time, but worth keeping an eye on. So uh, I practiced today. I did hear about this. You know, he uh, came up a little bit hobbled, went trainer over, yeah, went over to the trainers. They, t- you know, wrapped his leg and you know sent him back out there. So you know, I don't think that's anything crazy to worry about. Uh, Andrew Walker and the Colts say the Colts say wide receiver Paris Campbell was a was in a minor car accident yesterday and is in the league's concussion protocol. So I did hear about this. Uh, you know, they didn't say that he hurt his head, but because of the car accident, you know, whiplash effects and things like that, they were saying they wanted to make sure they monitored him and make sure he didn't have any concussion like concussion like symptoms. Uh, anything crazy like that, but you know we will have to see what's going on with that. But doesn't sound too crazy. Le'Veon Bell says, "Ain't nothing wrong with my hamstring," like Kev just said. <laughs> yep. All right, so Kyle Odgar, uh, running back Kenyon Drake, not practicing during the portion of third straight day. Tight end Max Williams and wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins also not participating. So, you know, we all heard about you know. DeAndre coming up limp the other day and you know he's saying he was a little bit tight so you know they're just taking precautions with all these guys so you know the Cardinals cannot lose you know Drake 
even Max Williams, because they really don't have any other tight end, you know what I mean, and DeAndre Hopkins. These are all guys that they absolutely need on the field week one. So you're going to see a whole lot more maintenance days for these guys just to make sure that they're ready full go week one. All right, so Jordan Rodriguez, uh, here's a positive sign. Darrell Henderson is doing some dynamic rehab work on the side as a teammate stretched this morning. Large, soft sleeve on his left leg. So Henderson, we all heard what happened to him the other day. He came up hobbled, um, and now he's doing some dynamic work. You know, to me, that means he's cutting and, you know, sprinting on the sideline, which is a good sign. So, you know, nothing doesn't sound like we need to worry about too much there. Uh, Herbie Tope, uh, Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill continues to be limited on, in the return from his hamstring injury. Did uh, did stretching and conditioning in full pads today. No full, no team drills. So, you know, he's definitely somebody they can't lose. So they want to make sure he's all right. But from everything we're hearing, he seems like he's going to be okay. All right. So let's go to the biggest news of the day. Dan Werder. Uh, all of the things that happened during any action-packed Bears practice this morning. Nothing comes close to being as significant as running back David Montgomery leaving the field early with what looked like a significant injury. More details to come. So we already got the more details. Uh, from what we're understanding, it is a groin injury. We do not know how significant. Uh, they are saying, you know, there was reports saying that he was carted off the field. Then later on, uh, the Bears coaching staff said that he was not carted off the field, that he walked off the field. Um, and they're hoping to get him back soon. But, you know, this is definitely something to pay attention to. We have no idea. Groin injuries always seem to linger. So make sure if you have David Johnson, you are figuring out. David Montgomery. Yeah, David Montgomery. I'm sorry. If you have David Montgomery, make sure you're figuring out what – you know, this team is going to do, you know, maybe they pick up somebody off the waiver wire and stuff like that. I was just going to say, do you know who the backup running back for Chicago is? Tyree Cohen. No, behind Tyree Cohen. <laughs> Who's that? I don't even exactly. know. That's what I'm saying. Know. <laughs> Nobody knows. And that's the point. Like Devontae Freeman's still out there. Maybe he gets a call, but uh, I would definitely be waiting to see what happens there. Because like Steve said, groin injuries will linger and you know, right now, I want all the shares of Tariq Cohen I can get. Yes, sir. All right. So I was going to read this, but I actually just said that. So Kyle Odgard uh, says that Ki I'm sorry, Kingsbury, they don't put the first coach's first name, so it, it throws me off sometimes when I'm reading it, uh, said that they're being overcautious with wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, Kenyon Drake. It doesn't seem... Doesn't want them practicing until they're 100%. See? So that's basically what we just said to you. All right. So Jeff Dickerson, wide receiver, Allen Robinson among the players to sit out Wednesday's practice. They should have sat David Montgomery <laughs> because that would have avoided this whole situation. All right. So in positive Bengals news, Tyler Dragon, um, the Bengals say that A.J. Green is in shoulder pads, which... That's good because we heard last week he got hurt and we were all like, this dude is dropping in our ranks and he's still dropping in my ranks. I'm not going to take him before round six because I just, you know, the injury, the, the injury history over the past couple of years is just way too extensive for me to take a chance on a guy 
you know, before the sixth round. I, I feel like I want to have good wide receivers and running backs before I take AJ, just in case he gets hurt. I don't have to worry about him. He's he'll be the icing on the top if he plays every game. All right, yep. no. Yep. All right, so uh, Paul Diner says that uh, Joe Mixon is out here today, not with the running backs, not on no the side. Si- no sign of Joe Mixon. Oh, I'm sorry. No sign of Joe Mixon out here today, not with the running backs, not on the sideline. Rehabbing uh, was told that the te- told by the team on Monday that he had a minor injury. So, you know, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. You know, uh, Giovanni Bernard is the second running back there. So, you know, you might want to – Maybe if you have somebody that you're not really caring about on the end of your bench, you might want to throw Geo up there just in case because he has been a RB1 when he, you know, has been thrusted into that role. So, you know, definitely definitely something we all need to pay attention to. For sure, especially considering Mixon was a holdout candidate coming into the year. Um, we know that the holdout rules have kind of changed where it makes it damn near impossible for players to hold out because they're going to have to pay that money. They may they may lose a year on the, of, eligible, of free agency eligibility. So what do you do in order to circumvent that if you're a player? Well, you just pull up with a hamstring, you know, and you've got a minor injury and you just let that thing linger throughout the season. So definitely something that you want to pay attention to if you're a Joe Mixon owner. Definitely. All right, so Chris Carson, uh, Bob Condit, Condota, uh, says Chris Carson's back in full uniform, has been away much of last week on personal matters, including death of, his, of a family member. So there you go. That's uh, that's the news on Chris Carson. He's back on the field. So Yeah, you know. good news and, you know, good to, good to see him back because he's from what I hear, DJ Dallas has been looking pretty good in Seattle camp, so he probably needs to get back to practice and remind uh, remind them how good he is out there. All right, so Ben Baby is this guy's name, and that's for real. But uh, Ben Baby says that John Ross uh, is being looked at by trainers after coming down awkwardly, but then literally 20 minutes later, John Ross is back on the field on 11-on-11s. So nothing to worry about with John Ross. You know, he probably just looked a little funny the way he came down, and maybe he, uh, you know, felt a little something, but was good enough to get back there on the field. And that is the news. Yeah, there is just one more thing I want to bring up. I know it came out yesterday. I saw two. It was like back-to-back they came out. But it was that Antonio Gibson is getting a lot of work with the first team. He's getting a lot of first-team reps. And that uh, Bryce Love has basically been seen as like a number two or three option. So, you know, definitely something that you want to pay attention to because I was more of a Bryce Love guy. I'm not even going to lie, but hearing that, you know, that, that Gibson's already seeing first team work, whereas Love is not, um, you know, now I know Gibson is going to be more of a receiving back probably out of the backfield and they're probably going to go with AP as their, their, you know, number one guy. Uh, but definitely something to pay attention to, you know, Antonio Gibson could be a little P- uh, PPR pickup. Yep. I agree. He is definitely got that skill set um he's not a bad in between tackles runner he's just small for the nfl yeah you know what i mean so i think if anything you know this team will use ap as the grinder and use him out of the backfield 
And uh, if Bryce Love, you know, later on in the year, I don't, I don't think it's crazy that Bryce Love does take the job eventually. If this team is out of the playoffs and they, you think, hey, you know what, AP is probably not going to be back here next year. Let's see what we got in Love. I do think that is a possibility to happen. But I just looking at their schedule in the first beginning of the year, I do think they're probably going to go, you know, four and four. You know, maybe squeak out a weird win uh, because I do think this defense is, you know, going to be much better than most people think. Uh, and if they can play good defense and run the ball well, which they did last year, last year they ran the ball well. You know, Adrian Peterson was a thousand yard back. You know what I mean, so they did run the ball well. And if they have some competent quarterback play with the dynamic receivers that this team has, because I do believe this team has some pretty good receivers, then I think they could squeak out a couple of wins and it's going to keep love on the bench just a little bit longer uh, than most people would expect. So, you know, definitely something to keep in mind. All right. So let's get into these third round running backs. Um, the third round running back group basically you know, usually starts off with Todd Gurley. Um, some people might go James Conner, Leonard Fournette, Chris Carson. Uh, we really haven't seen Le'Veon Bell be the first of that group go off the board, but his name gets mixed in there. Uh, Melvin Gordon is another one that, you know, gets thrown into the mix. Um He's kind of dipped off lately with the news that's come out about, you know, with his ribs and then, you know, with him struggling with the uh, the air in mile high. But, you know, overall, like, though, that's the pretty much the group uh, about seven or eight guys there. So we're just going to kind of get into those guys um, and really just break down our thoughts on them, you know, because that that group is every year the third round, fourth round running back group is actually such a crapshoot, honestly. You know, there's a mix of guys in those that third or fourth round, and I would say, you know, the lower percentage is actually successful. I think last year was actually a positive year for that third or fourth round group. Uh, But, you know, overall, usually that third or fourth round running back group um, is pretty unsuccessful. So... Um, We've had some home runs come out of that group. I mean, David, David, Todd Gurley, uh, a couple years ago was a third being taken in the third round, and he ended up being the number one running back uh, because of the year prior he was bad. And then you know, just two, what was it, three years ago, uh, Kareem Hunt was a third round running back that ended up getting the job, and you know, just being amazing. So yeah. it, I mean, there has been hits on there. So we're yeah. gonna break right, down so- these guys and. Yeah, I mean, if you look last year, you had Damian Williams, Chris Carson, Carryon Johnson, Aaron Jones, Devontae Freeman, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Sony Michelle, Mark Ingram, Melvin Gordon, Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, James White. It's about a 50-50, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that was actually, last year was actually probably more of a positive year. So, yeah. like I said, usually, but there is a little bit more talent this year, I think, in that group. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you've had some younger players kind of creep up into that first and second round, like Sanders and Jacobs and, you know, what, CEH. So, with those guys creeping up, it's kind of pushed guys like Gurley, Bell, Carson down. Uh, not that Carson was ever really – Carson's always kind of been in that group, but, you know, Gurley's been injured. Bell was always a first-round guy that got, you know, kind of knocked down. Um, you know, Melvin Gordon is another guy that's been a first-round pick. Last year, Connor was a first-round pick. Uh, so, yeah, these guys are 
you know, they, these guys are the third round group this year. So what are your thoughts? We'll start it off with Todd Gurley. Cause I know you're typically a guy higher on Gurley. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just think the thing that worries me is what we've heard at a camp that he's hobbling around in the, you know, in the locker room, but I still think, you know, listening to what they were, Dirk Cutter, they were saying the other day, Dirk Cutter was saying that he's going to be a 15 touchback at minimum per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also saying that he could see him getting 25 touches in any given game. So his range is basically, he's telling you it's going to be 15 to 25. So, you know, if, if this, the thing, the also the thing, the other thing you guys have to remember is this defense is not good. So there is going to be games where they're in shootouts and Todd Gurley just doesn't get the ball as much as we would like because we saw it last year. There was a couple of games where, you know, they just started getting blown out and it was throw, 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 throw. They, they, you know, Devontae Freeman was basically not even involved basically at all, like some check downs and things like that. And if that happens to Todd Gurley, you know, that is going to affect, you know, what Todd can do. So, you know, that is always – a worry for that Atlanta Falcons team, you know, them getting blown out and having to just throw a million times. And hopefully, you know, I think Todd Gurley is a better receiver than Devontae Freeman is out of the backfield. So, you know, I'm hoping that that kind of helps him, which is why I think Todd Gurley, you know, had I not heard anything about the, you know, hobbling in, in, in the locker room, you know, Todd Gurley would be an end of the second round guy for me. So, you know, I just think he's that good. I think Todd Gurley is a really good running back, and, you know, his situation is good on a team that I think the offense is a top five in the league. So, you know, I like Todd Gurley. Um, it's just the news that really has me, eh, you know, a little worried about Todd. Big time breaking news. The Dolphins have just informed Kalen Balazs they are releasing him. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good uh, old 2.1 yard per carry. It's not you know, even. A game. 74 carries for 135 yards last year. Terrible. One, that's about 1.7. Um, it's terribly so bad. Yeah, I remember when people were like arguing with us last year, like, yeah. oh, he's going to be amazing. He's going to be the number one back now that, that Drake is gone. And I'm like, okay. All right. Um, all right. So my feeling on Gurley actually is starting to waver, honestly. Uh, the more I just hear, think about it, hear numbers and, you know, the, the rumbling about him with the lot in the locker room, it kind of worries me about drafting him, you know, in the third round, because first and foremost, under Dirk Cutter, this offense just is always upper echelon, if not the number one. Last year, they threw the ball so much more than any other team in the NFL. And I know like wait, what Steve's saying. like Their defense is bad. It actually got better towards the end of the year last year. It did. Uh, yeah, much better in the, like, the last six games. But they still were just throwing and throwing and throwing. And, you know, I don't really trust this offensive line any more than I would have trusted the offensive line for the Rams last year. Um, and you know, that's kind of where my worry is with Gurley. The fact that this team off throws the ball so much, their line is not really any better than what he was running running behind last year. And, um, you know, the hobbling already that we've been hearing, you know, the little limp in the wall in the locker room that we've been hearing. I mean, you know, just it, it has me a little skeptical of drafting Gurley, honestly, this year. Uh, 
Not to say I wouldn't draft him if it was the right spot, but it's definitely opened my eyes to, you know, potentially going elsewhere. Yeah. Yep. All right, so the next guy I'll we'll bring up is Carson, Chris Carson. Uh, Chris Carson is basically a 1,200-yard back on a yearly basis, but last year it seemed like he was kind of getting – he kind of was – I don't want to say getting the job stolen, but they definitely started using Rashad Penny a lot more towards the middle of last year, and then all of a sudden Penny went down. Carson had to be the guy. Carson goes down, you know, uh, but – you know, this guy's typically a 1,000 to 1,200-yard rusher. Um, you know, I'm a little bit skeptical on him as well, honestly. You know, the fact that he hasn't been in camp, the fact that he hasn't really stayed healthy consistently. Um, you know, over three years, I think that, you know, I know he got hurt at the end of last year. I think a couple years ago he kind of got hurt in the middle of the season. Um, and personally, like, I think we've just I've been more on the side of thinking that this team is going to just kind of turn it over to Russ a little bit more. Um, you know, I know that Pete Carroll said they're going to they're going to grind it out or something last week. They're still just going to pound it out, something like that he said, but you know, this team has so many more has so much more talent at wide receiver now, you know, and I just think that they're going to put the ball in Russell's hands a little bit more. Um, that with, you know, the addition of Carlos Hyde, who can kind of be a secondary back behind Carson in the same mold as Carson. And if Penny comes does come back after week six, you know, I do think he's going to take so, uh, pretty much all the receiving work. And, you know, to me, Carson is, is another, is, you know, he's a guy that probably could rush for 1,000 to 1,200 yards again, but... Like I said, it just a little, has me a little skeptical. Yeah, I, you know, I like Chris Carson. I, my biggest issue with Chris Carson is I believe this is the year that Russ Wilson becomes, you know, an MVP candidate. You know, he has never, and this, I didn't, couldn't even believe this when I read this the other day, but he has never even gotten a vote for MVP. Never. That's wild. Yeah, that's, that's wild. wild. That doesn't even make sense. So... I think this is the year that he finally starts getting votes. I think this is the year where, you know, this team, he takes it on his shoulders. And let's be honest, he, there's been years where Pete Carroll, you know, should have thrown the ball more with Russell Wilson as good as he is. And, you know, he would have gotten more MVP vo votes. But because of, you know, them wanting their ground and pound and them wanting to, you know, play good defense. And they have a good defense again this year. But, you know... The thing that has killed them in the past is, you know, when they do have a good defense is they don't put up enough points. They let teams just linger around. You know what I mean? And that has always been the MO of the Seahawks. You know what I mean? Like even when like there's been games where you're watching the Seahawks just crush somebody and they just go run, run, run. Last year, perfect example against the Cowboys. They were crushing the Cowboys. Or was it two years ago? It was either a year or two years ago. They were crushing the Cowboys. In the fourth quarter, they did not throw a pass. The Cowboys started coming back in the game. You know what I mean? It ended up, you know, they ran the ball enough to, to, you know, grind out the clock at the end, but they let teams come back. And, like, you can't do that in the NFL. Like, you can't you just put your – like, that's why Bill Belichick is such a good coach because guess what? If he's got you down by 40, he's going to 
stomp on your neck and get to 50. Like, yeah. he doesn't want you coming back. Like, he knows how good these teams in the NFL are. And we used to all be like, oh, Bill Belichick is such an asshole. He's running up the score. No. <laughs> like, these teams are professional teams. Like, they get paid to play. You know what yep. I mean? Like, any team can come back. And any we watched Peyton Manning throw three touchdowns with seven minutes left against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win win a game. They were down by three touchdowns. You know what I mean? He came back and won the game for them. So, you know, it's happened before. So, for me, you know, I, I just think they are going to rely on Russ just a whole lot more. And Chris Carson, I still think, is going to be, a, you know, 900, 1,000-yard back. And I still think he's going to be close to double-digit touchdowns again because he's 100% their goal line guy. Like, there's no question he's going to be the goal line back. Uh, so, you know, I could see eight touchdowns, ten touchdowns from Chris Carson. So I like him where he's going, but I'm not as confident as I was in him last year. Last year I was like, ooh, yeah, Chris Carson in the third, I'm sold, give him to me everywhere. This year it's, you know, if I get – if I have to choose between Chris Carson and David Johnson, you know I mean, to me it's not a choice. I'm taking David Johnson. Yep. So bringing up David Johnson, I know that you are high on David Johnson. I feel the same way. To me, David Johnson is a guy that – this year could, you know, def- he's definitely going to run for 1,000 yards. It seems like every running back for this Houston team runs for 1,000 yards. And then Carlos Hyde and Lamar Miller do not even compare to the talent that David Johnson has. So I don't think it's even a question if this guy stays healthy, he's rushing for 1,000 yards, probably closer to 1,200 yards. And the one thing I will say is his receiving work in Arizona is probably not going to carry over to Houston because they really don't throw to the running back as much. But at this point, like they have adjusted their offense where their receivers are basically down the field threats. So if those, you know, secondary of that they're facing is backing up, it's only going to open down the check down, more running for Deshaun Watson, the check downs, and the middle of the field. So I do think David Johnson is going to see a little bit of receiving work. Maybe not as much as he saw in his prime years in Arizona, but overall, like I, I agree. David Johnson is one of those third round running backs that I, you know, have no problem drafting. Yeah, the thing with me with David Johnson and why I'm so high on him. Uh, I think a lot of people forget before his injury, he was the number seven running back in fantasy football. He, you know, people were sleeping on David Johnson now and they're like, oh, he's, he sucks. He's terrible. You know what I mean? Like he, he had a bad season last year, but up until week four, he was the number four, he was number seven running back. He had 74.5 fantasy points. He had 18.6 fantasy points per game. Uh, that was better than guys like Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, James Conner, Philip Lindsay, Todd Gurley, Chris Carson. Uh, you know, LaShawn McCoy is up there because LaShawn was the starter, you know, for a little while there. Uh, but, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Carrion Johnson, Josh Jacobs, he was better than all those guys over the first four games. You know what I mean? Even into week five, he was still up there. Week five, After week five, he was still number... He was still number seven, 93.1 fantasy points. He had 18 points. He was still averaging 18.6 points per game. You know what I mean? Like, that's good. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's very good. You know, it wasn't until, you know, he basically got hurt, you know, and started falling off. And he got hurt in, let's see, week. Let's see, where is it? I'm lying. David Johnson, up until week six. 
In week six, he moved up to RB5. He had 121.3 fantasy points, 20.2 points per game. So he must have had a huge week six. Then you move into week seven, right? That's when I believe he got hurt. I think he got hurt in week seven. Yes. So in week seven, he got hurt because in week eight, he didn't have any fantasy points. So even after missing that game, he still was the number eight fantasy running back, right? So after week six, he was the top in the top five. And then after week seven, he got hurt and he, he missed a, you know, a bunch of games and then he just lost the job. Um, you know, they brought in Ken, you know, uh, Kenyon Drake and we all know what happened after that. But we're talking about a guy after week six was was in the top five. He was a top five running back. And people are just like, oh, he sucks. He's garbage. And he's the number one running back for a Deshaun Watson led football team like. Did you not see what Carlos Hyde did last year? Like Carlos Hyde was actually, people were like, oh man, I'm so glad I took Carlos Hyde in round 13 because he like really catapulted my team because I, you know, I had this injury and I had that injury. What do you think David Johnson's going to do on this team? Like, I think it's crazy that people are like, oh, David Johnson sucks and you know, I'm not taking him before the third round and I'm going to take this guy and that guy over him. This guy has a chance, legit, I'm not kidding, has a chance to be a top eight running back. And people are taking him in, in the third round behind guys like Le'Veon Bell, who has probably one of the worst offensive lines in football, you know, behind Chris Carson, which, you know, if Penny comes back healthy, we saw last year Penny start to get more work. And Chris Carson was fumbling his ass off last year, like legit fumbling his ass off. So, you know, if that continues this year, Chris Carson, uh, you know, might lose that job. So, you know, I don't know. For me, David Johnson is a no-brainer, you know, my favorite running back in the third round. Steve getting emotional about David Johnson. <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll move on to James Conner. So this is one where I think I'm a little bit more higher and you are not a big fan. Um, you know, my thing with Connor is I just like the offense. I like the offensive line. I do think that, you know, it's going to be much better than it was last year. Obviously, this guy was kill killed people's teams last year because they were drafting him in the first round. And. You know, he, he got hurt, and when he wasn't there, he wasn't effective. But there was so much turmoil with the quarterback situation, with Juju getting hurt. You know, it was just – it was a bad year offensively for Pittsburgh. This year, I think it turns around. Ben, you know – so Ben has kind of had a noodle arm apparently, but I think he basically came out and said he's just – working working the kinks out kind of like it's you know just trying to loosen his arm back up um you know to me i do think this offense gets back on track you know i, I think that ben has a nice little round of weapons that's going to take away from the run game the line is still one of the better lines out there um and i think you know we can't forget how much receiving work this guy got when Ben was the quarterback because Ben is not mobile like he used to be. So there's going to be a ton of checkdowns. You know, Carson's going to see, or I mean, Connor could see, you know, seven, seven catches, eight catches some of these games, um, you know, on top of the fact that he has amazing touchdown upside. So, you know, to me, I, I love drafting James Connor in the third round. He's a guy that, you know, one of the running backs, I'm, you know, I don't want to say targeting, but I, I'm I'm cool if he lands to me. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't hate Carson. 
I mean Carson. Connor. I don't, I don't hate Connor. Um, you know, of all the players on the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think Connor is probably the guy that I would want to draft uh, because I think Juju's going a little high. Uh, for my taste, I would like to get Juju in the 20s, and he's not going there like ever. He's never, ever there in the 20s uh, at his position. I'm not saying 20s overall uh, at his position. I would, I would like to get him like 21, 22, and normally he goes, you know, 15, 16. And I'm not, you know, for me, I'm not doing that. So, you know, he goes a little bit higher than I would like to take him. Uh, Connor, it, to me, Connor's right in that area where, you know, running back, 22 to 24 which i feel comfortable taking him there uh i just have not gotten him because every time i've gone to take a running back in the third round either Gurley or you know david johnson is there so i have just gone with those guys because i like them a little bit better but you know i have no problem with you know you taking connor as your third running back i think if you know if you take connor over Gurley or or uh you know, David Johnson or even Chris Carson, to me, I think, you know, and I've said this a lot when we were ranking people's teams, you know, Connor was going before some of those guys. And I just kept saying, you know, I, I like your running backs, but I think you would have been better if you took David Johnson. And I, I truly believe that. So, you know, for me, I'm going to stay consistent with that, but I do like Connor. And I think Connor has, you know, upside of being a, a top 15 guy uh, with, you know, if Big Ben is is fully healthy and he's swinging the ball around the way he he has in the past, and he likes to throw it to Connor, so you know there's a chance that Connor could be very good. I I, I don't think that that's crazy at all. Um, I wouldn't bet on it, but you know that that wouldn't be crazy to me if he finished in the top fifteen. All right. Uh, next up is Leonard Fournette. Uh, this one is actually interesting. I'm because lead. can I do this first? Can I start off with Leonard Fournette? Go ahead. So for me, Leonard Fournette, I'm just, I'm just completely out on Leonard Fournette. I really am. Like the more I think about it and how bad he was in the passing game last year and them, you know, basically being a team that likes to throw to the running back. I just, I, I just don't like, I just don't think they're going to use him as much as they did in the passing game last year. He has never had more than five touchdowns in a season ever. Um, he, to me, is more of a plotter than a guy that finds holes and, and makes holes for as big as he is. He's huge. Like, this dude should be making holes. Like, there's no reason that Leonard Fournette should not be lowering his shoulder and running linebackers over. The dude is humongous. He's humongous. When he gets in the open field, he's scary fast. I'll give him that all day. He gets that all day when he gets in the open field. But he is just like Derrick Henry. It takes him too long to get up to speed. His offensive line is not good enough to make huge holes for him for him to get up to speed. And he doesn't score enough touchdowns. He, this this team just doesn't get in the red zone enough, in the goal, near the goal line enough, for him to just punch it in. And if you looked last year, when he did get there and he did try to punch it in, he was just completely bottled up. So, you know, to me, Derrick Henry should be a fourth-round running back, not a third-round running back. And I understand people... Fournette. Fournette, I'm sorry. Fournette should be a, you know, third round running, fourth round running back, not a third round running back. And a lot of people are just, you know, all over it because, you know, I get it. As soon as it gets to that point where the running backs are gone and Fournette is the last one that you feel confident in, you're jumping on him. But 
there's wide receivers in that third round that I would much rather have and just hope that Fournette comes to me in the fourth round. And if he doesn't, I'll take a fourth round running back and be cool with that because the wide receivers I would just much rather have. It's not close. Yeah, I've kind of wavered on on Fournette. And ultimately, you know, I would lean towards the way Steve feels. I'm not 100% there. Um, because my only thing is that Chris Thompson does have a history of injury all the time. Uh, so when that happens, you know, I I don't really know if they just turn to Ryquel Armstead as like their receiving back as much. I, you know, they may just continue to use Fournette and just grind him out for his last year of his contract before he, you know, letting him go next year. But uh, you know, to me, the only my my issue with Leonard Fournette is his his attitude, and you know the fact that if this team is terrible and he's in his contract year and knows that he's not going to be back there, like this is another case where I, this is a case like like you were we were talking about with Joe Mixon earlier, you know, where it's like you know oh well you know minor injury that popped up you know for a guy that was holding that was potentially a holdout like Fournette's not a holdout candidate but he's a guy that I don't really think he wants to be in Jacksonville anymore I don't think he cares anymore and it wouldn't like it wouldn't surprise me if this dude just turned up with a hamstring or or you know something like that 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 just hampers him for the season just because hey he don't really feel like playing there he wants to move on and you know, just hasn't had that opportunity. So that that's what scares me a little bit about Fournette is that, you know, his attitude towards this team does doesn't seem like he wants to be there, and so he's not going to give his best effort. Yeah, and that's that's horrible, horrible <laughs> when you have to worry about a guy's effort. Like if yeah. that is even if that even comes into play, you should not be drafting that guy. Like that that's all there is to it. There there is no reason. You know, to draft a guy that you are not confident that he's going to run hard every game. Like, I just, you know, it's it's bad. Yep. The other thing about, about Jacksonville that worries me, their offensive line was bad, and they have the 22nd, you know, toughest schedule when it comes to, you know, the running game. So, bad offensive line, bad schedule against the run, it, really bad schedule against the pass too. If you look at their, you know, their passing numbers here, they're twentieth against you know quarterbacks. They're in twenty one against running. I mean, wide receivers twenty two against running backs, and you know the tight end position is really like their only, you know, saving grace because they, you know, they're eighth overall. They have the eighth best schedule when it comes to the tight end position. But you know, their 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 schedule is tough. You know, we, we know how good the teams are that they play in this division. And, you know, I don't – to me, to me, if Leonard Fournette is not happy and this team is not doing well, he just doesn't play well. And, you know, that, that's a concern that I don't want to have. Yeah, and they're not going to be good. Um, all right, so last two guys, uh, Le'Veon Bell for starters. See, I don't think Le'Veon Bell's talent has changed personally. I don't. I think I, Le'Veon Bell. I think Le'Veon Bell is just a good, as good a running back as he was in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I think his situation has changed. Yep. He went from one of the best offensive lines to one of the worst offensive lines. Yep. Um, in PPR, he's still going to be good because if you remember, this guy just caught 
I think he caught like 70 balls last year. The guy was a check down, you know, he caught a ton of check down passes. Um, and that's the role that he's definitely like got a grasp on. If Frank Gore comes in there, the one thing that scares me about Frank Gore is that Adam Gase will use him as the goal linebacker. Which, if you watched Frank Gore in Buffalo he's last bad. year, he's terrible. he was not good at the goal line. But Adam Gase is not a good coach. <laughs> so what would you expect Adam Gase to do, not other than put Frank Gore in the goal line work after he was just terrible last year? But I could see that happening. And that's what scares me about Le'Veon Bell is that he wasn't really a touchdown machine last year. I think he had three or four for the season. I think he had three rushing and one receiving. And... If Frank Gore's coming in there to take any kind of that work away, like his touchdown upside is just horrible. And this offense, like, who? Uh, it's th- this is such an unpredictable offense because we don't know how good Sam Darnold really is. You know, he was he was a rookie, and then last year, you know, he w- had mono, and then he had the the I'm seeing ghost game where he, you know, he the Patriots just ate him alive. But the guy was. Like one of the highest touted quarterbacks coming out, like that was the Baker Mayfield year, right? No, uh, Sam Darnold's the year before Baker. So who was the number one quarterback that year? Uh, the no, actually thought, it was yeah, it was, it was Baker. Saquon. Uh, went two, and Baker the number one, one went. Baker was oh yeah, yeah, you're right. It was the Baker year. You're right. Baker yeah. went one. He went three. Yep. Yeah, but everybody thought that. Honestly, everybody except the Cleveland Browns thought that Sam Darnold was better than Baker. Oh yeah. You no, know, like like I so. Still think Darnold, he's better than Baker. Yeah. I mean, he just the weapons around him. You know, you have to hope Rashad Perriman turns it around. You have to hope that Chris Herndon is actually a ta- as talented as what they've been promoting him. That Jamison Crowder stays healthy, and that Denzel Mims is the real deal. But you know, we don't know, and that's what makes Le'Veon Bell so hard to predict. Is that we just don't know how good this offense is going to be. If if they can't throw the ball, they're going to struggle to run the ball because. You can just their their offense like their line is not good enough to you know withhold the defense just focusing keying in on the run. Yeah, you want to know what's funny about that draft? So we already know that Baker Mayfield has been less than stellar. Sam Darnold uh, is just on a bad team. I, I'm convinced he's just on a bad team because I've seen him make throws that I'm just like, damn, this dude, God, he's accurate it's all shit uh but the best two guys from this draft may be <laughs> daniel oh. jones at six which no. everybody daniel yeah jones, daniel jones was a rookie last year he wasn't insane oh i'm sorry not daniel jones uh shit who was it who was in that draft it was rosen oh lamar jackson Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson was, he is was the, the best last, yeah but there was somebody else in there i think there was josh five. rosen josh rosen but there was a fifth one too. Yeah, Josh Allen. Oh, Josh Allen. Yeah, okay. Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen and and Lamar Jackson may be the two best quarterbacks from that draft, and they were both taken way after those other two guys. So, yeah, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, I think, are right now much better than you know what we're seeing from Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield, I don't know what the hell happened to Baker. His rookie year, he looked. Like he was going to be awesome. And then his last year, he just making terrible decision after terrible decision, holding on to the ball too long. His offensive line wasn't good. You know, hopefully, you know, they get that figured out. But, you know, back to what we're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 
you know, for me, you know, for me, I, I, you know, I'm not even going to go too much into it because honestly, it, it's just to my, to me, I'd rather just get into, to, to, uh, you know, fan questions at this point. Cause you know, I don't, these guys, I'm just, I'm kind of over it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, yeah, I mean, I'm just, yeah, honestly, it's, you know, we're talking right, so about Steve's not a fan of Le'Veon Bell or Melvin <laughs> Gordon. We've know we know this now. Well, Melvin, you know, Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon. Le'Veon Bell, like in the third round. Okay, you know, to me, he's behind all the guys that we talked about already. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not taking him in front of those guys. And Melvin Gordon is more of a fourth round guy. So, you know, Melvin Gordon to me could be good on the Broncos, but I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't that's know. The, that, that, that's the one thing with Melvin Gordon that, like, that's what scares me about him is that we don't know how the the role, the running back role, and the running back splits are going to be. You know, right. is Melvin Gordon going to get Philip Lindsay's rushing work with Royce Freeman's receiving work? Like, if that's the case, then Melvin Gordon's actually a steal in round three, honestly. Yeah. But you know, but we if don't he know. Get, I mean, yeah, we. Uh, but if 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 his rushing is actually fully split with Lindsay and the reports are that Lindsay really worked on his receiving out of the backfield. So like, I mean, we don't, we just have no idea what the splits are going to look like for Denver. And that's, what's the scary part about Melvin Gordon. And that's the thing. Like if Melvin Gordon is a, do you think he's going to be more than a 15 touchback? I don't like per game. I think it's going to be really hard for him to get into the twenties every game. With Philip Lindsay's twenties, no, I think he'll get to fifteen. Yeah, I think he'll be a fifteen touchback. So fifteen, fifteen to eighteen, I would say is where his numbers, no, his his numbers lie. All right, so let's say he's a fifteen touchback, right? If he's a fifteen touchback, that's two hundred and forty touches, which I think that's more than he's going to get. I don't think he's going to be that high. I, I think he'll probably be closer to two twenty, right? Because I think Philip Lindsay is. Dyna- more dynamic with the football in his hand. He's he's shown it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just just look at the stats. You know what I mean? And Melvin Gordon, I get it. You know he's behind a bad offensive line, but you know, and this Broncos offensive line is, is better. I don't know if he, how bad the offensive line was because Austin Eckler seemed like he looked just fine running yeah, behind. He was that doing line. great. Yep. You know what I mean? And and so you know. I, I, like we said, Melvin Gordon's just a little scary because number one, if Philip Lindsay's better, they're not. They don't. There ain't gonna be no bones about it. Like I don't think they care that they paid Melvin Gordon all that money. Like yeah. I think they will play Lindsay and just use Melvin as a secondary back. I don't think it's. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy at all. Yeah. So Melvin Gordon to me, I mean, he's more of a fourth round guy. So I'm not even, you know. But Le'Veon Bell, just I'll finish real quick with this with Le'Veon. My thing is. He's behind all those guys for me, and it sucks. You know what I mean? Like, he's behind David Johnson, Gurley, Chris Carson, and he's right in front of Leonard Fournette. Like, I'm taking him. No. I, both of them are fourth-round guys for me. I, like, I'm not taking Le'Veon Bell before the fourth round. So, both of those guys are fourth-round guys for me. And I would take Le'Veon in front of, you know, Leonard Fournette, but I wouldn't take Le'Veon Fournette until probably, like, four or five, four or six. You know what I mean? Because you got to remember, this is the wide receivers that we're talking about. Kenny Galladay. Right. Yep. Would you rather have him over them? Yes. Mike Evans, Adam Thielen, Allen Robinson, DJ Moore, Odell Beckham. Eh, I'd probably take Odell Beckham. You know, take those guys in front of Odell. Uh, Juju. I'm taking Juju in front of those guys. <coughs> Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, 
Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods. I'd rather have all those guys. There's there's not one person that I read there I wouldn't rather have. Mark Andrews. I'd rather have Mark Andrews, you know, than those two. Ertz. Ertz. Yeah, like, and Ertz is going in, like, the fifth round. I'd rather have yeah. him in the fourth round there. Like, you know, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, D.J. Chark. Like, these are all guys I may have in front of those two. Like, I, I was going to say, like, they're, they're, this is the thing. Like, if you're – if you're drafting early, see, like I, this is probably going to be another article that I wind up writing because I just – if you're drafting early and you're getting one of those top five running backs, you got to be prepared to really – I don't want to say not draft a second running back early, but like most of the time, like the back end of the, the draft, you know, the spots that are like 8 to 12 – those guys are getting two solid running backs. Mm-hmm. So when it gets time to like number, f- you're, let's say you got the four pick, you draft Kamara, and you come back. At that point, your best option, in my opinion, is usually Kelsey or Kittle. Yep. Because the running backs are gone, the receivers are are that are left. Like you may get Godwin or or Galladay. Those guys you can you may even be able to get back on the on the third round. Probably not Godwin because people like drafting Godwin high. But you know, like in the second round, if you're like that fourth pick, you're not getting that's a, a good second running back, like that that solid number two running back. You're going to have to settle for like Kelsey or Kittle, and the receivers aren't good. So mm-hmm. then when you come back around, you're making the choice between Todd Gurley. Or Kenny Galladay. I don't think it's a. It's not even a choice for me. Yeah. And then when you Kenny get into Galladay the fourth round, then when you get into the fourth round, you're making a choice between Robert Woods or Melvin Gordon. It's not even a choice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> then when you get into the fifth round, you're making a choice between DJ Chark or Devin Singletary. Yep. Like I'm taking DJ Chark. Yep. Like I just, you know, it's it's. You got to really be prepared if you're drafting early in your draft to load up on wide receivers and you know like in those the next 3 rounds make sure you get a Kelsey or Kittle load up on receivers and pray then that Mark Ingram drops into pray the Pray that Ingram or yeah Ronald Jones or you know um you know, Singletary's there in the 6th round somebody like that like you know you pr- just pray one of these guys drops. Yeah. Because and that's the thing. I mean, like, and just load up on running back for the rest of the draft. <laughs> yep. And that's the thing. Like for me, it's three guys in the third round at running back that I'm willing to take, and then the other guys I'm just not. I'm not willing to take Le'Veon Bell in the third. I'm not willing to take Leonard Fournette in the third. And you know, I could be horribly wrong. Le'Veon Bell could prove me completely wrong and be awesome. But guess what? I saw Le'Veon Bell behind this Jets offense last year, and I didn't like it. And if no. you look at the Jets' strength of schedule this year, it's not good again against wide receivers no. that are 29th ranked. You know, against you know against wide receivers. What does that mean? <laughs> Teams are going to load up the box against Lev, yep. right? They're the 19th. They got the 19th. You know, toughest schedule when it comes to the run game. A quarter of their schedule is against the Patriots and the Bills. Yeah, two great passing attacks that ain't going to have to worry about throwing extra coverage at Brashad. Rashad Perriman, Denzel Mims, and Jamison Crowder. Exactly. So they're going to be able to load the box with, and, and just stop Le'Veon and with, with a line that's not good. It's just, nah, yep. I'm with you. Yep. So. All right, let's get to a few fan questions. All right, so let's do this. So our first question of the day is a trade question. Uh, I like these. 
So the trade is I would be giving Le'Veon Bell, Drew Brees, and Juju Smith-Schuster. I would be receiving Julian Edelman, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Carson Wentz, and DK Metcalf. Should I accept this trade? So it was... Yes. <laughs> well, I so, was going to say, what okay, is it? So he would be giving up Juju, Breeze, and Bell, Le'Veon. Is this Dynasty or it doesn't this, say? It doesn't say. It just okay. says... Uh, it just says trade question. So I'm going to assume it's redraft. Yeah, I'm going to assume it's redraft also. And he would be getting Julian Edelman, CEH, Carson Wentz, and DK Metcalf. Uh, yes, yes. you do that. Yeah, I do that. You simply do it just because you're getting a first-round running back, you know, a comparable quarterback to Breeze, and DK Metcalf, you know, he's a potential breakout candidate this year. So you definitely do this trade. Yeah, and then – if DK is not as good as everybody is expecting this year, you still have Julian Edelman, yeah, to, you Edelman know, to fill in. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I have no I have no issues on this. Uh, you know, this is a very good accept. Like run to the computer and break your finger on the yeah. accept button. Usually, like when you're the like you have the more players, the most talented players on the other team. It's just not the case here. <laughs> yeah, you're not lying. All right, so let's see. Next question is <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw something it's baby face Stephen A. Smith on here. That's that's hilarious. Yeah. That is really, really funny looking. Anyway. Alright, so our next question is Do you guys consider Brown Evans? No, I don't like that question. That's that's worded oddly all right so we're gonna change we're gonna switch to a different questions uh i now put miles sanders into my top eight at the running back position do you guys agree or disagree i agree kevin, <laughs> kevin agrees i think i'm on the fence i have moved him up but i moved him up to i believe 10 because he was at i 12 have him for at me. number eight I have him at number eight. Uh, and he may honestly move to seven with Joe Mixon. The, you know, Joe Mixon's starting to scare me, honestly. So he may move ahead of Joe Mixon. But, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs, I just moved ahead of both of them. Uh, you know, Miles Sanders, to me, has all the potential in the world to be, you know, honestly, I, I can see Miles Sanders being a top three running back in this year. Not even, not even, I could see it happening. Yeah. yeah. I don't see him finishing that high just because I think the top three guys are, you know, they're pretty safe. I mean, Zeke always finishes in the top five, uh, you know. I'm not saying draft him top three. No, no, I, no, yeah. I'm saying I can see him finishing. Like Zeke, like you said, Zeke's always top six finish but no nah, he's never finished lower rarely than five. like number one he's never number one no number no two, no he's never three. finished number one either i mean i think last year in ppr i think he was number six yeah so it's like you know he's always he's the he's the most consistent guy but you know i you know if, if running backs start to go down like it really didn't happen last year like you know outside of saquon and camara like most of the running backs really stayed healthy last year so yeah so you know, for me, Miles is my number 10. Um, I could definitely see him finishing number eight. Um, but, you know, it's hard for me to move him close any closer than 10. 
Uh, so the next guy says, I was listening to another fantasy analyst today, and he says to stay away from Leonard Fournette, which we agree on, Todd Gurley, which I don't agree on, Chris Carson, which I kind of agree on, uh, Melvin Gordon, I totally agree on. <laughs> so basically all the guys we just We literally just talked about. <laughs> yep. David Johnson, which I, I couldn't disagree more, and Devin Singletary. Um, so the last, basically Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Devin Singletary, I, I could, I couldn't agree. I couldn't disagree more, but the other three, I couldn't agree more. So, you know, for me, you know, we talked about these guys. The one guy we didn't talk about was Devin Singletary. So I'll get into that a little bit. I was going to say Singletary. I don't know why you're staying away from Singletary. Like Singletary is like a fifth round running back. Yeah. Like, I, why are you like maybe fourth round, but I don't know why you're staying away from him. You know yeah. I mean? I, I, all the other guys for me, I, you know, with the exception of David Johnson, I kind of somewhat agree on, you know, I, I stated like my skepticism for uh, Carson and, and Gurley, you know, not, not really biggest on drafting Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon. I, you know, same thing. Like we just don't know what their, his workload's going to be. So yeah, outside of David Johnson and Devin Singletary, I'm, I'm pretty much in agreement with the rest. Yep. So for me, you know, with Devin Singletary, you know, I've, I've been getting a lot of, uh, Zach Moss. I, yeah. I've been getting a lot of Zach Moss people saying, you know, Zach Moss is going to steal the job, which that's, you know, to me, unless injury happens, that's not a thing. Um, and then people are also saying that the bills have a really tough run schedule, which I agree with. They do have a very tough run schedule, but the one thing about the Buffalo bills doesn't matter if they have a run tough, tough run schedule. If you look at what, you know, Devin Singletary get against some pretty good defenses, you know, the Patriots and, you know, other pretty good run defenses last year, he ran the ball extremely well. So, you know, that to me, that's not, that's not something that I'm even a little bit worried about. And you have to remember the Buffalo Bills offensive line last year was literally year one of the rebuild. So all those pieces that came in were all just trying to learn how to play with each other. And towards the end of the season, they actually started gelling and becoming a very good offensive line. Uh, especially with the run. So to me, the Buffalo Bills, you know, they do two things well. They run the ball well and they play great defense. So to me, it's never there's not going to be too many game scripts uh, this year that say that the Bills don't run the ball, that they're getting blown out by 20 points and you need to because guess what? They didn't other than the Eagles game. That was the only game that Buffalo was actually blown out of a game where they weren't close, you know, and that just happened to be, you know, a couple of long touchdowns, you know, that kind of killed them uh, and took them out of that game. But other than that, you know, the Baltimore Ravens were the number one scoring offense in, in football. Guess what? Buffalo held them to 17. So, you know, to me, there's not going to be too many game scripts that you're going to see Buffalo getting blown out, which means Devin Singletary is going to get plenty of work. So I'm not scared of Devin Singletary at all, really. Other than, you know, if you want to say that he's going to get hurt, you know, but, you know, I can't – you can't guarantee he's going to get hurt just like I can't guarantee he's going to stay healthy. So, you know, that's with any running back. All right. All right. So let's go with – all right. So he says, I have four questions. Is Derek – well – Three questions here. I don't know why he wrote four, but Derrick Henry, is he a bust? Kenyon Drake set for success? Or and which rookie should you target or should I target? All right. So Derrick Henry a bust. 
No. No. Yeah, no. I, I, I don't think I, I don't think Derrick Henry's gonna be a bust. I think he's going to I think he's going to regress. Yeah. So I don't think you can expect to see the same work the same thing you saw last year. But a bust? No. I, I think he's got a ton of he's still got a touchdown upside. Um he's still gonna get a you know, two hundred and ninety to three hundred and ten carries. You know, he and you know, Tannehill said he looks more confident catching the ball this year. I, you know, we can only whatever, but you know, his workload is still going to be, you know, through the roof. They're going to, they're leaning on him the same way they did last year. Yeah. So let me just remind you guys about Derrick Henry's stats. Derrick Henry had 321 total touches. Do I think that goes down? Eh, maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe that stays. Right about the same. If he stays healthy, I could definitely see that being very similar, right? He had 1,540 yards rushing. You know, that's basically almost 100 yards a game, which I could see that regressing to around 13 to 1,400. Uh, but still, I do think he'll be in that 13 to 1,400 range. I don't think he drops any lower than that. Um, inside the red zone, well, inside the 10 yard line, he had 24 carries inside the five yard line. He had 10 carries and he had seven touchdowns in that area. I just don't see how that goes away. This team does move the ball. They can get into the red zone. And when they're there inside the 10, they're not shy of giving Derrick Henry the ball. Cause guess what? Look at all the other guys who had chances. Anthony Fersker is the only only other player to touch the ball on a carry inside the 10 yard line other than other than Derrick Henry literally it's Ryan Tannehill had 3 which you can't really count those as runs because you know what I mean they just probably didn't see a lane and tried to run you know what I mean Marcus Mariota had 2 then no other back had a chance nobody and then on a trick play Anthony Fersker got a got a touch so to me you know that role is hundred percent his like nobody's touching that role. And when you look at this offensive line, they're the eighth best offensive line. According to PFF, if you listen to what we had to say on the cheat codes, I'll read it to you. The Titans left side of the line is one of the best in all of fantasy football. The combination of Ben Jones, Roger Saffold and Tyler Luan is dominant. The right guard position has a mix of Nate Davis and Jamil Douglas, uh, who both struggled last year with those roles. Uh, for themselves all season long. Douglas played a little longer, but not much. Uh, Davis is a flat. Davis is just flat out awful with the signing of Ty Sombrello, which, you know, that happened in this off season to the team. We have a three-way race to see which guy takes that position. Time will tell, but Derek Henry will be running to the left side a lot once again this season. So like I said, that left side of that offensive line is extremely good. And he is going to continue to dominate up that left side. So nope. for the other questions, Kenyon Drake set for success. Um, I don't want to say that I think he's set for success. I think he's, I think he's set for a much bigger workload than he's ever had. Uh, given that workload, I talked about Kenyon Drake last year. I think Kenyon Drake is a phenomenal football player. I've been saying it for years and years. I, you know, just watching his tape, I think the dude is very, very good. And with a full-time role, which I was hoping he got with the Dolphins, and now he's with a much better offense, I like his role, and I think he will be very good. So, you know, set for success, I would guess. I guess I would say yes. 
All right. One more question. All right. And which rookies should I target this year? <laughs> Steve? <laughs> Um, obviously you got the, you got the easy ones, you know, CEH, you got Jonathan Taylor. See, but CEH is a hard target. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. like, you have to the get him in the first round. round. Yeah. You got to so, get him like, in the first round. Target, you know, just even Jonathan Taylor, you know, is hard because of how early he's going. You know, I would say target. Uh, we're talking about targets guys. All right. So let's do this. Let's do right now. Honestly, right now. I would say Cam Akers. Cam Akers is a good one. Cam because, Akers could be good. Well, he could be good. We've already know that Henderson is banged up. You know, he's not even practicing. He was doing like what what did we say earlier? He was doing like, you know, side side work. Yeah, he was doing side. You know work. what I mean? So like obviously Cam has dynamic a little leg up. Side work. Yeah, dynamic. <laughs> dynamic. You know? But he's doing a little yeah, he's he's already out there. He's getting a little leg up with the team right now. And obviously Henderson has a year on him, so but and maybe Malcolm Brown just winds up being the guy to start off the season. But you know, to me, I don't think that Henderson is good and I think Cam is. And you know, to me, like that would be the guy I would say to target. Uh you know, because he you could probably get him in the sixth or seventh round and you know, possibly get a, a, a you know, a, a guy that's getting, it's going to get a lot of 20 to 20 work. I, I think that Malcolm Brown's going to be their goal line back. I just think that's what I think. I think they're going to go by committee and Malcolm Brown's going to get the goal line work. But I do think you could see Cam Akers, you know, with some big play potential. So to me, you know, Cam Akers would be the guy I would, I could say from the running back position that I would target. All right. So I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you three guys that I love targeting in fantasy football. Joe Burrow is yeah, yeah. one of them it's because, another. you know, this Bengals team, you know, they have weapons all over the place. They have the speed in John Ross. They have, you know, T. Higgins is great up the middle. A.J. Green, we know how good he is. And Tyler Boyd is a great slot wide receiver. So all they have a whole bunch of receiving talent mixed in with Joe Mixon, you know, no pun intended. Uh, I just think Joe Barrow is, you know, is set up for success uh, on this, you know, Bengals team. The second guy I'll talk about is Joshua Kelly because you can get him super late, literally last round yeah. of your drafts. And the reason I like that is because if they decide that, you know, especially if if uh, Austin Eckler gets hurt, you know, because they're trying to run him up the middle, something were you know to happen to him, he misses a game or two, they're going to infuse Joshua Kelly into this offense, and you know, this dude is a 5'11", 200, and you know, fifteen pound back, so he's not a small guy. He's a guy that can you know take a pounding, and he he showed that in college. So that's you know a guy that I really like getting. My last guy that I would actually you know, and and he's actually been dropping in drafts. Uh, because of the news of him getting, you know, a little bit banged up, is Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk to me uh, plays the perfect Debo Samuel Samuel role on a team that needs that playmaker with the ball in his hands in the wide receiver position. And because you know we know that Debo is going to be banged up for you know however long Debo is banged up. You know, I really like the schedule for the 49ers. I think they have one of the easiest pass schedules uh, for wide receivers, you know, and quarterback. Um, and I think Brandon Ayuk, if he's 100% healthy for week one, is going to, you know, start seeing targets very early. So no Jalen Rager. 
Now, because Jalen Rager is going a little bit like I was look, I was thinking of guys that are going like past later. Yeah, the ninth, tenth round. I if yeah. you're if you're talking about guys going in like the seventh, that's where seventh, eighth is where Jalen Rager is kind of going. I would I love Jalen Rager. To me, he's my number one rookie wide receiver. If you're if you're taking, I don't think Rager's going head high. I think Rager's more like the tenth, maybe eleventh round. Really? I thought Got he was it. going a lot earlier than that. Well, if that's the case, then yeah, Jalen Regular is definitely you know my number one. He's my number one wide receiver this year of the rookie class. And you know people might think I'm crazy, but tenth round, fifth pick. There you go. Then Jalen Regular. To me, it's not close. Jalen Regular is going to be. Yep, Carson Wentz has already compared him to 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 Julio Jones. Come on now, though. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not Julio. <laughs> he's not Julio. Like, <laughs> let's let's be honest, he's not Julio. And I'm not. Comp- I didn't compare him to Julio. I mean, that's not even a comparison I would even dream of making. But to me, on this offense, they need a playmaker. You know, Deshaun Jackson opens up the field in so many different ways from with his speed that I think Jalen Reger is going to see all of those like short to intermediate routes, and he can get deep. Like. I love Jalen Rager. Watch his tape and see what kind of quarterback play he had and tell me that you don't think, you know, his rookie year, his soft, you know, freshman year, he was amazing. And then his sophomore and junior, he was terrible because the quarterback was bad. But when he had a competent quarterback, he was awesome. So to me, with Carson Wentz throwing him the ball, dude, all day. Take Jalen Rager in the 10th. There it is. All right, guys, so that is it for tonight's podcast. Remember to check us out on the website, www.cheatcodesports.com. That's www.cheatcodesports.com for your articles, your rankings, your cheat codes, and the player projections. Uh, And until next time, peace out, guys. Peace.